Hello, hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Human Being Podcast. I'm your host, Niki, and of course, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Ali. Hey, guys. Great. And we also have with us today a young man by the name of Javon. He is a, well, he's new to the creative design space. Um, but he is going to share with us his experience and also on a very specific topic that we're touching today. Um, for the past few weeks, we've been talking to a lot of people. And one thing that they've all stressed is how they've had challenges with people paying them for their work. So today we are going to go a little more in depth to maybe try to figure out why this is so and then possibly how we can correct the misconceptions that persons have about person's work in the design field. Devon, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing great. How about you? I'm okay. Ali, how are you? We outside. We here. <laughs> All right. Um, love that. <laughs> all right. Cool, cool. And before we get into the the, the questions, um, I have an, an icebreaker for you. So, Javon, if you could direct your own version of scary movie what would that look mm. like wow okay never actually thought about that uh well being that scary movie is kind of a comedy um i think i would keep the same to you theme. it's a comedy to you <laughs> I mean, some people are out scary. here actually scared <laughs> not me though but you know some oh, people are actually scared by it. like even other scary movies are kind of comedic to me but maybe um, uh, on that note, since I find it kind of comedic, I guess I would probably, um, well, it would be cliche if it was actually scary because scary movie, it's a scary movie. I think that's why they made it comedic. I think I would have probably made it more scarier though. You know what would be a twist that you don't often see in a lot of scary movies? Possibly making it romantic. That is wow. true. That would, that, would, that would be a game changer. That is actually yeah. very true. I don't see a lot of romance there. Like, a romance right? that actually sticks because it's kind of like in most, you know, horror films and scary movies, the minute they, you know, start developing feelings because, you know, we both both about to die, one of them but actually dies. Exactly. Yes, exactly. That always happens. Every single one. Exactly. So I, I stand 10 toes down and that, that would be interesting. scary movie. That's, that's a good spin. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. So for the people who, who don't know about you, can you just give us an insight to, you know, who you are and what your work is about? Stuff like that. All right. Um, so basically, uh, how do I even describe myself? I would say um, currently employed to an organization, yes. Uh, but I also try to do graphic design, freelancing on the side. My real career interest really is meteorology because that's kind of where I um, had my head throughout my entire life growing up, always watching the Weather Channel and everything weather. I actually ended up working at the Met Office for three and a half years, um, up until 2019. But one of the things that kind of drove me to designing is actually because, well, it's actually weather. So while watching and observing the different um, channels and stations that would normally report uh, weather, I always noticed that there is a big disparity in how the information is delivered to the public. So if you're watching like the Weather Channel, you will see them have these amazing graphics. Um, a person just standing there, I don't know if it's a green screen or what, but you literally see the person standing there and you see trees around them, cars flying past them and it's so amazing. But then you watch TVJ Weather and then it's like... Bleh. <laughs> it's a so, total departure. <laughs> It's like black. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it, and that's one of the things that kind of made, because I wanted to continue, because it's, it's, it's more than just a career for me. It's kind of like a hobby as well. So even though I stopped working with the Met Office because of many different reasons, um, I wanted to continue, you know, doing weather, like watching, observing, um, measuring, and, and, and informing people about it. Um, on social media so i have a twitter page dedicated to that called arcane weather so um i tried to start something like this a long time ago uh i think about 2016 thereabouts i started it 
and that's when I kind of started to dabble in Photoshop because I believe that it's something it's something that not a lot of people are generally interested in beyond just knowing whether it's going to read today or not. Figure out how do I make this interesting to people. So um, I started to get into graphic design because I wanted to help to make it more palatable because how you present something to someone can actually influence their interest. So I started to learn a bit of Photoshop by then and I was terrible. <laughs> I was extremely terrible. Um, most of it was self-taught. Um, I did have a friend from a popular politics page, Kev's Politics on Twitter, that was actually helping me, you know, to kind of learn a few tips and tricks. But then things kind of fell off. Um, when I was actually working at the Met Office, I didn't really find enough time because it's a very time-consuming um, job to be in. So things kind of fell off there. But then when I left back in 2019, I started to pick up again. Um, when I'm actually still attending UE, I started a bit later than most persons, but started nonetheless. Give thanks for that. So last year when COVID started in March, we had uh, a one month break for school. So while I had all that free time, I decided, okay, I need to probably pick this back up. And that's the weather page. So in doing that, um, I had to get myself reacquainted with how to design things. I've always been interested in art, even from high school days. Um, but I was kind of like a rebel in a sense that I didn't like the way how art was taught back then. I like back then it, it felt like it was more them telling you how they wanted you to do your art and i was always a firm believer in you doing the art the way you want because art is basically an extension of the artists themselves so i don't think we should be policing that with rules and regulations but anyways fast forward back to you it is so i went on a learning spree in a sense during that one month that we got from school to kind of get myself reacquainted with graphic design. So I started with Photoshop. And again, my friend from Barbados actually pitched in to teach me a few things. But then I was trying to redesign the logo for the page. Um, I was doing this in Photoshop at first, but then I started to learn that um, there are a lot of things that come with, you know, designing logos and certain things you can't necessarily do in Photoshop. For example, if you use PNGs, as a part of your, your logos, um, then the pixels are set. So when you resize them, you may get blurry edges, right? So that's when I started to realize that, okay, logo design, logo design is something that you generate illustrator. Now I never used this before. So I actually just went out and started to learn how to use illustrator for making logos. And the difference with Photoshop and Illustrator is that Illustrator is when you draw those lines and you create any shape or form, no matter how large you resize them, the edges will never be blurred. So that's the great thing about creating logos over there. You kind of maintain the quality, the image quality of the logo mm -hmm. versus in Photoshop. So I started to use Illustrator a lot. Actually, I think it's one of my, one of my favorite, well, my favorite thing to use if I'm not in After Effects because you can literally create anything in Illustrator. You can draw things with your hand and actually upload a photo and there's an image trace feature that you could use to actually trace the outlines and then you can just color them in. It's, it's really easy to, to use um, Illustrator. So uh, after redesigning the logo of the, the weather page, I basically started to go into videos because you know weather kind of has a lot of video elements. I was making some Photoshop templates for like posting updates and stuff like that. But the real meat of the matter for me was videos, which is why I kind of delved into motion graphics over everything else. Like I can make flyers and logos and everything, but everybody does that. So I kind of wanted to do something I didn't see a lot of persons doing, which was, you know, um, VFX and stuff like that. So I was trying to figure out how can I do something on a level that the Weather Channel was doing? you know, bringing these interesting graphics into the different videos, explaining things, informing people about what the weather is, how it works and stuff like that. So I started to learn After Effects. Now, this this was a pretty challenging thing to learn. There's, so, there's still so much I don't know how to do yet, um, but still learning as I go along. My biggest challenge with it though is that it does not work well on a lot of systems. You can use it um, 
to do your general stuff. But when you have to preview or render videos, that's where the real challenge comes. I can testify to that, that After Effects is not only hard, <laughs> but it takes up a lot of memory space. This, I'm, I'm just here listening and learning <laughs> because I don't do that, do that fancy stuff. You know, I just film, I shoot, and I edit. I don't do all that, that extra stuff. But this is, like, it's interesting to listen to. So continue, go, do your thing. All right, no problem. Um, so yeah, so After Effects, it's as I said, it, it uses a lot of memory. Um, it, it depends on what you're exporting because you can export from After Effects itself or you can use Media Encoder to export. So there's that. The problem is um, when you export from After Effects itself, you generally get larger files and that can take up a lot of space on your computer. And as a person who is using a lot of visual elements and graphic elements in my videos, you know, the time that it takes to render these things actually goes up as well. I've had to wait like four hours to render certain videos. Like for example, I have a series that I started on the weather page called Weather History, where I would basically, um, I had a video that I was producing or releasing to, you know, go back in history and look at certain hurricanes that affected Jamaica. But that takes four hours to render each video. And I was not having that. After about three episodes, I kind of stopped because my system is not powerful. And trust me, my system is pretty good by the standards of what the average Jamaican would have in their house. But it's still not good enough to be able to render videos sir, at certain sir, rates. The average Jamaican don't got, don't got a damn thing that is true so, I so, <laughs> i'm pretty sure that whatever you do have you know it's pretty the specs are pretty good so it just wasn't working out for you in regards yeah, to I mean, the wait time exactly um it's, it's basically an aso i got it from a good friend of mine um for a really low cost it has 16 gigabytes of ram uh it has an nvidia um GeForce graphics card, a 940M, pretty old, but it does what it what it's supposed to do. Um, yeah, I have a SSD and an HDD as well, so I have a good amount of memory, 256, one terabyte respectively. So it's not a weak system, but it still can't handle a lot of the the, the more intense. The work that you have to do. Yeah. And in and talking, and sorry to cut you, but in talking about the system, it's one of the things or one of the main reasons why we wanted to speak to you was you had you tweeted once uh, a few weeks ago about the expenses related to graphic work and stuff like that you know cost of camera light electric equipment sir even certain things in the equipment that you'd actually never even think about that oh damn this was a thing so yeah. to know that you know you have the systems that you're doing and you're doing the work that you're doing and it's not being done fast enough it's eating electricity it's eat it's eating because like if this system fails you at this point you have to replace it so now in doing all of these things that you were you were doing were you being compensated fairly okay so um i recently just started out so i haven't really been on a lot of gigs but the gigs that i have been on i think i only had one bad experience so far um, because that person made an agreement where they wanted something to be rushed so i had to ah rush work do it. yeah i had to do it speedily um which i hate doing because i believe that anything that i'm going to deliver to a customer it has to be the best quality and if i'm rushed to do it i can't guarantee that it's gonna be the best because you know you can't really do good stuff in such a short period of time you have to ideate you have to think out the process of how you want it to, to look and then there's no room after you create something for you to do um any final changes and touches and you know so that was a problem and then the next problem is that after they got the video to use for whatever they needed to use it for. They agreed that they would give me a payment. Well, we agreed on a payment, but they said that they would pay part initially and then another part a couple of days later. Right, because we broke out here. For that second payment. Mm. But I just kind of let it go because, you know, I, I really, it wasn't a lot. Because, I mean, it was a really small video and I was just starting out. So, I was i just didn't want to pressure them but i i mean i have a lot of friends um 
in this same field who have had similar bad experiences and I've actually had discussions with them because when I wanted to learn about going into freelancing, I had to ask everybody, you know, who I know was a graphic designer freelancing, what their experience was. Um, I have a friend in the UK, uh, he's a designer for ASEPS, and he basically highlighted to me a lot of the problems that I would have faced and have faced before, um, in, in especially in, in the local market in Jamaica. A lot of persons generally don't believe that um, you should be paid as much as you charge for certain things. Um, then you have customers who you have to be watermarking your stuff for because you might send them a first draft and they just steal the idea. And yes, I've heard that. I've them. heard that before. Right. Then you have persons who don't pay, so you have to have security deposits before you even start working on anything. You have to get them to give a grant guaranteed payment. And you have to have these long contracts because you don't want anybody to say that you know this was the agreement when it wasn't the agreement and stuff like that so uh also from the thread that i had made on twitter um a lot of persons were debating whether or not freelancing was better than um being on a permanent uh, payroll and from what i observed is that a lot of it's not just random persons it's the corporations as well that don't generally value the work that is being put into designing because they tend to pay really low and they don't just want a graphic designer they tend to bundle it with a lot of different things like they want also want a social media manager and everything wrapped in one even a secretary <laughs> oh it's, yes that too because they think that you're sitting there not really doing a lot exactly right you see the problem i think with the start to cut you no i think the, the problem with a lot of persons who hire freelancers is that they don't see it as a legitimate business that is true because when you're working and you're using up all of these resources you have overhead to cover just like any other corporations mm -hmm. so the money that you're charging is after you have taken all of those things into consideration and i don't think these people understand this yeah i think they don't understand what the costs are that goes into it and also the work they think it's something easy they think it's something you can just go on canva and just oh my god it's just slap it's not even stuff. canva let me tell you you see a lot of these people that are in these companies the problem the problem that they have is that they think is back in the day when they used to use microsoft publisher and just slap a one two thing together and you know make something happen and, and this I, is I, why and this is why all the their work tends to look crappy that's 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 the reason for it and not well thought through and they exactly. tend to think that the cost of goods and the cost of everything to produce the quality that they're seeing is the same as back in their time so they don't take it as seriously they're just thinking oh you snap your finger and an image is done an idea is out they don't they don't want to acknowledge the process that goes into what it is that um people are doing and as we move away from pen and paper you know because art mediums are changing more persons are moving to digital art from um physical art because it's easier to move with that being the case you have to factor in everything that comes with digital art and, dig and digitizing your work with the scanners and everything so it's like they're mm -hmm. not taking all of that into consideration they're just thinking oh it's the same as back when i was doing it or exactly. it's, it's a simple something anybody can do it but then if anyone could have done it would you have felt the, the need then to go out and hire a specialist exactly. i think actually <laughs> but i mean one of the things that they don't understand is in addition to that is that the word that you produce the word that you display on social media on, on tv ads it is a reflection of you as a company if kfc um was putting out some really crappy ads i think that may well maybe not in jamaica but yeah <laughs> would them goats. i mean <laughs> yeah it would affect how the persons view you like I'm watching the TV. If I'm just seeing um, cardboard chicken on my screen, I'm not gonna wanna buy that. I, I need somebody who takes the videos that make it look inviting, edited to like you hear the crunch in the audio, you can see the salt coming down, and you know everything. They don't think about how the product actually improves their business. They just want to know that they have something to put out there. Um, brand identity and stuff like that when it comes down to logo designs and the different colors that they use and the different things that we as designers has to learn to actually know how to 
do all work properly. It's not just going on YouTube and learning um, how to make a logo. It's learning, you know, things like resizing a logo. You need to ensure that all the elements are still visible. When it's resized really small, it can um, still be discernible when it's in black and white and things like that, the different colors that go together, the colors that don't match the proper fonts to use in each case. We have to learn all of these things and they don't seem to understand that this is a lot of fun. Uh, Javon, Javon, for, for <clears throat> a lot of these people who are hiring designers or um, video editors and so on, a lot, of, a lot of times these people are non-technical people. Exactly. So, how, how then would you explain it in a non-technical way to help these people to understand that what you do is worth the value for what you're charging them? Okay, um, I'm thinking about it. I mean, should I should I go through like the similar way that I did in the thread? Figure out if that's the best way to approach them because I think a lot of reasons... Whichever way, whichever way you want. Okay. I think people kind of understand better how you should charge or pay persons for the work did when they understand how much you have to pay in order to get that work done like when they see the figures put into it i think it kind of helps to explain them that okay this really does cost or is worth um as much as you know the person is charging so um just going through the very first thing that um i had in the third was about the Adobe Suite, well, software on a whole, um, it, re it requires to actually put together some of these things. So for persons, as I said, doing logos, you know, you have to use Adobe Illustrator. There are different um, software out there that you can use, um, but persons generally stick to the Adobe software because they're kind of like the industry standard in some places. So you have the Adobe Suite, Photoshop, Illustrator, Lightroom for photo editing, you have Premiere Pro, you have After Effects, yeah, InDesign, you even have Google for web design and um, so many other ones um, that are there in the entire suite of software that Adobe has. And they're not cheap. These are things that you don't just buy one time and you get it to use forever. This is something you have to play to use. And for the entire package for a person to buy all the Adobe apps in one go, that's 53 US dollars a month, right? That's expensive. And individually, you might get some of the apps bundled together, but like if you're buying one single app or subscribing to one single app, that's like $21 each month. That is not cheap. That's something that you have to be paying monthly in order to keep using this software to produce the content that the and persons are And exchange rate. And exactly, the exchange rate changes, so it gets more expensive as the dollar rises, right? So it's a cost that's you have to be paying monthly and each month is almost as if it's more that you're being um, asked to pay. So outside of the Adobe apps, you have different um, apps out there that you also have to pay for. A lot of persons will say, okay, but there are free alternatives. But do the free alternatives give the designer the ability to produce the level of work that you want? Because not all those other alternatives have all the features that are in the apps that you have to pay for. And I think that they don't tend to understand this. Now, another thing I wanted to touch on aside from um, the software is you can buy the software to do the thing, but can your computer manage the thing that you're trying to do with the software? That's another problem. You have to look at the hardware. Now, you can't just buy a four gigabyte RAM laptop with like 500 gigabytes hard drive space and say that you're going to be doing that doesn't work especially when it comes on to video editing and motion graphics even photography because if you shoot in raw those are some really large file sizes for those um, images so you have to think about storage capacity do i have enough storage to store all of these things on my device if i'm constantly reading and writing from my hard drives these things are going to wear out and, and, and i have to replace them every couple of years or months depending on how hard i'm using it so you have to be thinking about your current hardware and possibly upgrading your, your current hardware over time because you're using it so much and it puts a stress on it. So the laptop costs locally are ridiculous and the majority of laptops that are being sold are between four and eight gigabytes and they have Intel um, graphics cards and processors that don't really carry a lot of um, weight around. So 
persons who do graphic design tend to go for the gaming um, tier laptops because they're built for gaming, but because they're built for gaming, they're tricked out in terms of the specs. So they can handle a lot of the other things that you normally need to be done when you're doing graphic designing. So rendering is no longer four hours. It takes like maximum 30 minutes for you to render something now that you have a proper system. Um, and those aren't cheap. And they're not cheap. You have laptops now in that region going for like $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 for a laptop. State and if you, the state, the US, the, the US, UK, <laughs> Euro. Right, state US, the currency US dollars. Call me one nowhere in a Jamaica, you <laughs> Okay. Exactly. I mean, you have them going for that much US dollars. And as, as, as mentioned before, the exchange rate keeps going up so the cost for those go up then you have the biggest gatekeeper in jamaica for tech customs you don't just buy something once customs, you have to buy customs. exactly so think about a graphic designer starting out and they want to be able to ensure that they're producing the best content out there you have to buy an expensive laptop you have to pay for it twice via customs and then you have to pay for these um, software elements that you install on the device to do the work that you need to do. Then, if you have to be doing things that include photography, or if it's even just photography, you have to think about the cost for cameras for photographers. Like, how much does a camera cost? It's not the, you know, those big cameras that you, you'd buy, the square cameras that you buy on Amazon and you press the, the on button and then the lens just comes out like that and you hear that little nice sound. You know those cameras they used to sell in like the, the 90s and stuff? Those are not the cameras. Yeah, they're the tiny travel cameras. Right, right, those. Those aren't the cameras that people need to shoot the things that they need to shoot. They have to buy these slightly larger cameras with some huge lenses and a whole bunch of different dials and configurations. They have to buy those they have to learn how to use them and then even after taking the photos you have to edit them on the same laptops using the same software that you have to subscribe to so that in and of itself is expensive and these are not cheap the same laptops that we're talk um, talking about in the, the thousands two thousand us dollars range we have cameras that cost that much as well i mean you can get some for like uh, 350 but then is it the quality that you need to produce the work that you need to produce nope exactly so then you have to start considering okay if i want to um do something that's useful i have to probably get something like an a73i which is like two thousand dollars and then if you're a big corporation shooting um nice ads or or films then you have to think about getting like a red camera for 15 grand us so it's not cheap and remember customs will double the price of whatever you buy and ship here so that's another problem, right? Yep. And it's the same thing for videographers as well. You have to think about um, the different lenses you have to buy. You have to think about the microphones that you need to buy. Mm. You have to think about the lighting that you need to set up, the tripods, the cases for everything. Um, there's so many different elements there that you need to consider when you're doing photography or videography and a lot of persons generally don't think about it they don't think about the work that is put in to do it and they don't think about the cost that it incurs to do it and it's never just one cost it's something that you have to constantly be maintaining because equipment hardware they're man-made they have expiration dates you might have something and it works for a while but you're going to always have to be buying new stuff for photography and videography you're going to need film for your photos, you're going to need um, memory cards to store the large video files that you're external recording. External hard drives. External hard drives and everything. Clothes, right? storage. Clothes, storage. And that isn't free. It's not Google or OneDrive. Why are you so like that? I mean, and that isn't free. No, he was like, and that isn't free. <laughs> cloud storage isn't free it isn't because right now because like you well i do youtube right so mm -hmm. when i film i got myself an iphone to use for filming because good girl can't afford camera yeah mm -hmm. so um so i got myself an iphone like an, an, an iphone 8 and 
with just two videos, I was out of space, and it's not like I can bust open the phone and insert a memory card. It, you know, exactly. it has its own internal storage. So then my brother was like, Oh, you know, um, Apple does cloud storage or whatever. I'm gonna tell you, two months, like two or three months now. And every time I get the, the random notification on my phone from Scotiabank, so there was a charge at your card. Mr. Charge, where? I'm not buy nothing. Because <laughs> I forget that I have this. And I'm like, it's just $0.99 for the 50 gig every month. But I'm like, that's such a lot of money, though. Yeah. I mean, it hurts I mean, my heart because it adds up over goal, time. It, it really does. But I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And then even with the, the limitation that I have as it is right now, I'm then I'm going to progress into doing vlog soon because right now all i'm doing is point and shoot videos because i focus mainly on reactions so when Mm -hmm. i move then into into vlogging you know that's a whole different storage that i'm going to need and i'm just sitting here thinking about it i'm thinking about what should i invest in first run the phone red until it done for and then save up and buy the camera or should i just invest in the camera no but then i'm thinking but i have to wait until somebody coming down because i nagi cost us no money exactly does that now work hard yo nikki can tell you <laughs> i was supposed to start in youtube from last year girl how long may i wait on the phone a year now a while and I, oh, wow. a while and i just got it because i'm i was dead set on the fact that yo customs not nah, making us in my money right. the first time i shipped a <laughs> phone nothing, them. nothing electrical like electronics rather Girl, right now, me even yeah, afraid for buy one fifty dollar order from Amazon. If anything that goes over fifty, they, 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 they apply some ridiculous charge on it. Like, doesn't even make sense. I bought earphones for like sixty something dollars, and the charge was nine grand declared. I'm like, make it make sense. The thing didn't even cost nine grand. What? It 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 is ridiculous, and a lot and of it's the really, yeah. it's really sickening because when you look at because. When you look at country, other countries, let's use, you know, England, for example, or whatever. There used to be this YouTuber, she used to review clothing items. And, you know, when she buys the clothes, she would spend like 300, 400 pounds because she just did a mass order and tried it on anytime a shopping site dropped a campaign. So mm-hmm. when she's when she got her taxes or when her customs, they don't even charge her you the same time. You get a bill after right so when yeah. they send her the bill at most it's like 40 50 pounds to clear it i'm like but her order was for 500 like so why me out here i pay for this two and a half almost three times more i don't understand the logic behind it doesn't make any sense and then I mean, no floyd green sorry i'm gonna wanna go off a little tangent here floyd green last year girl named big mouth i'm gonna say oh we're gonna address customs address my foot have you heard you know, anything? He actually tweeted right. a thread on it yesterday, you know, and uh, there is a bit of shade there that he was saying oh. that persons were invited to kind of give some consultation on, on the 862-page um, reform that they're petitioning. That is stupid. The regular Jamaican don't have time. Only 14 persons sent in, um, you know, submissions. And as you said, a lot of people don't have time to go through 862 pages. The real problem that people have was the $50 thing. That That's our major problem. You're not going to want to read through 862 pages just to give confidence. And that's the thing that I don't understand about Jamaica. I absolutely hate it. They want a task force and a meeting for everything. It's like, baby, the problem is X. How can we fix X? You need to up the you need to up increase X Believe from me. X to to sit in the exactly. house because it's not working. Why we need to have and a Nigel long meeting even, and an eight hundred page even, document? Nigel even actually came and said that they can't actually change it yet. So then that throws everything out the door because that's what everybody was complaining about the fifty dollar limit. And Nigel said that they can't change it right now then the 862 pages just becomes nothing because it's not like we really we're interested in anything else we just want the $50 limit to be raised come on I, w- I wonder what exactly is contained in those like all mm. those pages you know yeah. I, would be, I was just about to say i would be interested to see what it entails because it's changing 50 dollars just if just upping it from 50 to 100 dollars for argument's sake 
Mm-hmm. It's such a huge cause for concern. Like you have to have an 850 50-odd page document for it. It begs it it, it 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 baffles my mind and it begs me to ask the question now. What is this $50 paying for that is such a huge concern? Mm-hmm. Listen, listen, like customs is like a whole different world because I don't know. I think they have it all for me. Every every single time <laughs> <laughs> a shipment comes to for me. I've had several shipments that were detained by customs and I personally believe that they think that I don't pay what I pay for what I pay for because I am a person people will always see me with quote-unquote nice things but I shop only on discounted items like I will always shop at sale yeah that makes the first thing so, I do like, when I go online is check the sales tab. If your sales exactly. price too high, you're not having a sale, and I don't belong here. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. They need to start out that custom thing because I saw. You remember the quote that um, Mikhail gave in the previous episode that says, "If you can't pay for something twice at customs, it don't make no sense. You buy it and ship it to Jamaica." Yeah, it, doesn't, it really doesn't make sense. But like, this is one of the, the major issues that um, a lot of persons and. <laughs> They know, you know, they know, they just don't care that it's such a huge cost for us. You know, you know, something I remember last, I mean, last year, December, I was having a conversation with a group of people about this whole custom situation. And and I remember it because you used that very nice word, gatekeeping, earlier when you were talking. Yeah. Um, It's the big businesses in Jamaica that make it hard. Because let's say, for example, you have... The huge furniture store. I won't call in this because I don't want nobody to sue me. Um, <laughs> but it's a huge furniture store. It's the largest one in Jamaica and in the Caribbean. Right? They oh, run yeah, things. Man. You know which one matter about. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay. All right. So now, for example, aside from what's new and those places where you can go and get a little gadgets and gizmo, if you need, a, if a, you as a regular Jamaica need to go what's and get new? a laptop, me no, no, me just a call name. No, that would never show you. No, my, I mean, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying though. Like aside yeah. from somewhere else, then anything that you need, you want to furnish your house, and if the regular Jamaican needs like a phone, because they sell phones as well. If you need a phone or if you need like a laptop, they're the go-to place. Yeah. And TVs and so forth. Now, if you had the option of buying a 55-inch TV off of amazon and having it shipped to you and you don't and you pay little to nothing you know to clear it you know that they would lose money oh yeah it'll be out because of if you ask me if i would prefer shopping out in jamaica versus shopping online Managalina, but no company out and i get my money now. i would buy everything even groceries online Talk I, would you, don't online. I would buy anything out here if you could just buy things and they get shipped down on a plane the next day like everything is my good. god man i would never like the outside sunlight would never see me one name market <laughs> one name supermarket but don't know her that's poor people behavior i don't that don't live in that world with rich round here no but it's true they would le- they would lose money and um which is why it's such a hard thing because when they have to factor in the you know you know we don't have a prime minister we are governed by the the the, the big businesses specifically mm-hmm. our president is our, our prime minister is a white man that resides in in montego bay i believe or which mm-hmm. i don't know where we live but is a white man who for just dead um but oh, Lord. <laughs> the strong shade i don't care <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, he died. Lord, I'm and not speaking ill on the dead, but you know it's the truth. We are governed by these big businesses. So like um mining equipment, they're only I remember someone um someone put me onto a bit of information. In Jamaica, I believe there are only like two or three companies that does mining for like water and stuff like that. So if they get a contract to mine somewhere to 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 you know get water in that area or to mine a farmland that somebody buys so they can get water on it that's like a 20 million dollar contract you know oh. so they're not gonna so if if the regular man could pick up himself and go say he might go buy one backhoe and all of them things there for now go put on him farm and don't pay the level of money that they have to be paying out to these companies is problem these white people not going like that these Chinese yep. people not going like that and that's the issue that we're having because if the day come when jamaican people even the most simplest of man you don't assume would have like a visa card or whatever to go online. You see me? Had the option of going online a problem. 
Jamaican company stops the profit because the customer service out here is horrible. There's this Poor. thing, there's, and that's the primary um, term. That's the thing for me that I use to measure your company. And I'm the type of customer you will never see again. I have one bad experience, Mativa. Oh, my mom, you just not see me again. And I'm never going to recommend. No, I don't like KFC. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, there are moments when I feel for it because I'm used to it, but I would, no. Um, I'm not one of those yeah. crazy people. Um, but, <laughs> but, and I would never recommend anyone to utilize your business. Like, you would, I'm that type of customer. So there's this joke that people like to have on Twitter about, you know, if them go on cook shop, and the person face don't screw up and them not give them attitude them not buy the food because the food don't slap i'm like you i pick up yourself and i go spend your money and i go accept food from people where i skin up them face yeah no that's not good at all me not believing in them something there suppose i spit in my food exactly it, 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 exactly the, the minute you go to them here, and you will say this is not out of order and them care about the food on the back and you don't know what them do to eat and care about come around my friend this in there no? yeah, yeah that's the minute me see her if me the minute me see her eyebrow twitch me gonna be like you know what i'm gonna take my father wants it to know me 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 go just me go just go to other shops sorry for waste your time at what a corner shop or a restaurant corner shop and restaurants and in places it's mostly jamaicans overseas and stuff that's it and some people out here as well that if you know they go to the cook shop or you know you know have popular cook shop and the food i sell if the person who has served them they'll be like oh all right all right so you had a customer oh hi so um we can get a we can get a um a 450 curry chicken when i have that Oh, okay, okay, but it depends. We not have it. All right then. Um, we can't, we can't get that video like that. Yeah, I was thinking that was a TikTok video. That one. I'm not doing that. The minute me see your eyebrow twitch, like say you like a like a vessel a a a gyrate behind your skin, me gone. Me not doing it. Suppose you go spit on my food. Yeah, it's a no from me. I don't like that. So truly, if Jamaican businesses that they're really good keeping it all especially with the pool of talent that we have in this com in this mm -hmm. country it it's it which is always so amazing to me jamaican talent is on demand it 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 is it is a high demand sorry so it's always so amazing to me when i hear people speak about struggling and not being able to pay bills and whatnot and it's 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 just the concept is just so foreign to me because in my head there every part is supposed to have like five or ten top party promoter because i, I serve a day a week party ever mm -hmm. day for keep or whatever so flyer always have a mech you know promotion always have a keep jingle always have a deck on radio or pantone yeah, choir girl exactly. on the place so my thing is jamaica is not the place where we're lacking anything we're lacking nothing it's not a place where um people outside of us don't want to invest in is to see, see these white people well i'm gonna attack them because apparently no if you talk about white people you're being you're being you're being prejudiced it's ali ali i don't even think it's white people it's the it's the mentality that because this also happened to me when i was doing the whole graphics designer thing last year so people want you to do something right and they see what you've done and oh they want that quality of work but when you mm -hmm. tell them your price they tell you about john tom around the road we get we um give it to them for like two thousand dollars and you charge them ten thousand dollars and they're like but why should i pay you ten thousand dollars when john tom charge the two thousand dollars you know you know what my response to that would be oh okay i understand well you know as it is these are my prices and this is my price range for the quality of work that i put out however if it's not satisfactory to you you know you can always go and check but john tom and see if he has any they come to you because john tom yeah. not because john tom probably cost one bag about and i had no man say come over here seeking professionalism but you don't want to pay for it kiss my mm -hmm. ass <laughs> sorry it's something that gets me really heated because they're very disrespectful to... when they when they when they do things like this and they don't realize it's we... just it's disrespectful and it, on, it, it, it makes you as a creative now question whether or not you're doing the right thing. It makes you question your work. It makes you question your ability, uh, um, your abilities. It just makes you question the, the, the hard work, the years that you put into learning your craft, you know, the effort that you put into making sure that the content that you're creating is also different. It just makes you, it makes you doubtful. I remember one time there was a video of Serena 
um, Williams and her father. She was in an interview, and I don't know if you know the video that I'm talking about when she was a um, teenager. And the interviewer asked her, you know, just to paraphrase, I don't really remember if, you know, if she if she knows she's good or something like that and she says yeah i know i'm i i know I'm, I'm good at what i do i know i'm you know i know i'm the best or whatever and he's like are you sure and he's like she start box shuffling now because she start don't what she understand her father have yeah. to jump in and say no you don't ask her that she already told you her answer she's sure and she's confident you know doing that is gonna make her not be confident in herself you can't exactly. do that to You're people ideas and this is what happens so it really gets me heated because when eventually when now me as an upcoming creative because i do the youtube thing when i get to the level now when i can start when people are gonna want eventually link me for help them promo and them something when them see my prices and rate it eh, them really are gonna walk come to me with the foolishness me spend years i build my brain and you are gonna want short change me that not sound right and they do it on purpose just like what the guy did to serena they do it because they want you to lower your prices because they're gonna have you to start doubting yourself doubting your work so that you think okay maybe i should lower my price because maybe you know if that's a standard everybody else is doing that then maybe i'm charging a little bit too much for my work no value your work always value your work always because you can always get a client somewhere graphic design is something that is going to be needed everywhere all the time by everybody so you will always be able to find a client so don't ever let any client come to you and try to make you downplay your work or downgrade your prices always charge what you know you deserve and in speaking about money and doubt Nikki, you have you know you have your business up and coming you know you're doing your thing as as a, as, a, as a future business owner of a media content um company what what are some of the where where are it concerns money and earning and stuff like that for some of the projects that you've already done or some things that you've already had the opportunity to do let me just question you throw it out there what's it like and what, how do you handle it? I don't think we've ever asked each other this. Uh, no, I don't think so either. Um, where money is concerned, personally, I don't look to the Jamaican market because we have this issue where a lot of persons are doing work, but they're un undervaluing themselves. And you can't get, quote unquote, the big money unless you belong to one of those really popular organizations. So what I do is I stick so whatever it is that I have decided after I've done my extensive research that this is what market value is and I have X amount of experience so I know that what I am charging is fair and I will not settle until I get a client that is willing to pay my price because I think I heard somebody I think it was a salesman one time he said you know if you're talking to a client and you know they are constantly um, defecting where price is concerned. It means that you're talking to the wrong person. And I looked at that and I said, you know, hmm, this man might be onto something. And, you know, I took that and I said, you know what? I'm speaking to what I have. And as the years go by, you know, if I feel like raising my price or whatever, I will feel justified because I know that I've been in this thing for X amount of time and I have shown where I am capable and I do quality work, so why not charge what I am charging? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly mm. right. And I think a lot more um, designers should go with that idea. I think one of the major issues as to why the people that are trying to undersell your work do it is because a lot of people tend to cave into the pressure, tend to cave. Um, they, because we, we do have our bills to pay, we do have things that we have to pay for to do our work. And also persons, you know, think or feel like they're desperate, so they just lower their prices and just do the work regardless. And I think people need to stop doing that. I mean, yes, you do need to, to earn, but if you constantly accept less money than you know you deserve, it's going to be a problem for you in the long run. And it's not going to be just a problem for you, it's going to be a problem for other designers because when businesses see that, okay, all I need to do is to just ball the price down, and I get what I want, exactly. then they're going to think that they can do it to everybody. And then it becomes a problem for not just you. And that is why we're having this problem right now. Yeah, I think even though we, we, we do um, put it to the clients to, you know, understand that we are worth this much. We ourselves need to ensure that we are not begging people to pay us. 
we are setting our standards and we're going by them in a, in essence demanding that this is what you need to give to me if you are requesting or demanding a certain um, quality of work that's what we need to start doing um, going forward and when we start to put our foot down as um, creatives to say that i'm not going to do this unless these um these criteria are met we're not going to see anything changing right so it just it's not just helping them or or teaching them or showing them so that they can understand what goes into the work it's us really that have to also put our foot down i think it's 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 we're we're, we're not fully um or you say devoid of blame in 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 in, in what has been allowed to fester in in local space that is yeah mm-hmm. And and I you know recently I've I've been working on a project with somebody and this is somebody who is an extremely when I say extremely I'm not even like boasting or whatever but this person is extremely good at what they do and he is presently doing a rebranding and a lot of other things for government organizations and if anybody knows this government entities are like the worst. To work with because they never want to pay and they never pay on time and you know so he was bouncing some prices off of me and i was like he's like give me a price i was like what are you doing they like he gave me everything you know that he was doing i said okay it sounds like what you're doing is between x and x is she like not too much this is like and instead like but this is what you're doing and then i outlined everything else i was like you know stay right and then on top of that, I think that gave him the confidence to even say, you know, say they want X and X and X and whatever, whatever. And then, you know, he brought it to a price where he felt comfortable. And then he sent them the quote and they were like, oh, I'm going to provide you. Here's the kicker, right? I'm going to provide you with these details, knowing that these details would what he would have needed anyhow to do the rebranding and the flyers that they asked, like information about daytime and stuff like that. And I was like, how in God's name will this lower the price? This is information that you would have needed, they would have needed to give you anyway. And he's like, hey, you know, you're right. It's like, so it's not even new people, but it's also experienced people that were having this whole like challenge with and being confident with what you're charging. That's true, very true. I think, yeah, I think we just really need to, um, it's it's gonna be hard for some places, but you see if everybody was able to solidify that confidence and to just say, okay, I set these prices and this is what I'm going to be charging. This is how I'm going to be charging and I'm not letting anybody deter. Even if they, you gave them a price and they're like, okay, we can't work with that. And they go to the next artist and try to ball out their prices. See, if everybody they went to stood up and stuck to their prices, the businesses would be the ones who'd have to cave in eventually and start paying people what they're supposed to be making you know i think i think that's an initiative that probably you know you can take charge on like getting designers and creatives in general to like unite. no i'm not stressing more but i'm saying like getting them to unite <laughs> and to stand firm like, you know when the businesses come to them i mean somebody has to do it Really, yeah, actually, somebody has to do it. They're foolish, this. You know, what I'm saying, saying, you know, all right, this never work. I yeah. want yeah. But what I love, though, um, in in this day and age, and as we progress with, you know, with everything, with the technological evolution or revolution just continuing and just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, everyone has a command of their own space now. So it's mm-hmm. like the market is no longer small where they had a handful of creatives to pick from and be like, yeah, mama, can go to Tom John. I mean, in about three years, no, will give me a, you know, a little discount or whatever, whatever, whatever. The yeah. market is saturated now. So their, their hands are forced um, in a way where to get specific needs because every um you don't have five people doing everything one one time no you have like you have a hundred people now each doing something different so one yeah. strictly does photoshop and next one strictly does um um photography and you know a next one does videography and next one does branding someone does marketing so it's not one person doing everything now it's saturated so their hands are forced and the more everyone gets to command and own their own spaces the more that it is going to change because no longer you can go to somebody and expect the full pack you have to pay people what i'm worth 
So yeah. it's getting there, but it could get it definitely can get there faster if someone takes up the mantle and just says, you know, as a collective, we need to start saying no. So yeah, I could see it working. Yeah, that's the way for, I think that's the way for because we've been having discussions like these for generations and the businesses we can say that they don't know what work goes behind it, but it's not as if it's extremely hard for them to find out what work goes into it if they're even interested in knowing what work goes into producing the good quality stuff that we make so they have means and ways to find out what is um cost and i'm pretty sure there's no business that's going to reach out to somebody to do something for them without doing research beforehand as to the average cost of these things they have to do the research so they know how much they should be um paying out but they just constantly try to ball the prices down. So yeah, the revolution is definitely gonna start when creatives put their feet down and demand what they know now they're supposed to be paid, demand what they know their work is valued or is worth. Because it's not easy having to spend so much money on subscriptions and storage space on hardware and software. People go to Edna Manley to UI to do animation and Butech to do um, you know architecture and stuff like that. That's a part of the creative um, space as well. And there's so much money that goes into it from you a single person. A lot, of, a lot of us don't really even have anybody sponsoring us or anything like that. We have to do it all. And then we are thrown out there into the freelancing world and organizations are trying to take advantage of, of, of us. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. So we really have to take charge and we need to come together as, as creatives and say, listen, this is how we want things to go from now on we need to start demanding we need to start setting our rules writing our contracts and you know spreading the word out there to other creators to let them know we're not going to allow big corporations and businesses to continue to take advantage of us and if they're gonna feel like they want to do that then we just need to band together as creatives and open up more opportunities for ourselves in other markets so i, I can look out for the beautiful. movement to be started on from you <laughs> maybe not from me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not from me, but I mean, I have been speaking because, as I said, I have a friend in the UK. I have another friend out here uh, that does um, creative stuff, but he really sticks. Most of them stick to international clients. So, other people have picked up on on, on the foolishness that's been going on locally. And guys, and you know, with the whole international stuff, you see, if they want to play hardball, just contribute to the brain drain. Exactly. That's the that's the way forward. I mean. <laughs> The, if the if the brain you are the brain right and you have to be making the body work but the body does not want to do anything to benefit you then contribute to brain drain when brain is gone the body can't function anymore then the body was forced to do the things that it needs to do to keep the brain functional that's how it works although at that point the body might be dead but in terms of um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. In terms of, um, you know, nations and economies and stuff like that, uh, I guess they will have to find measures and put different things into place to kind of rebound so they can have a brain again. So we have to force their hand. Like a lot of things that we have wanted to change in the past, it really didn't fall on the, the, the leaders and, and the people who are, you know, the big people it never it never really fell on them because they're not willing to do anything for the little man it's the little man that has to rise up with the other little men till they make themselves into a bigger man and then they change the narrative so i think creatives really need to band together in that respect all right and on that note we can end the session yes Yes. Yeah, that sounds, that well, sounds I'm going to silent my feel like my day I talk to yes. myself. Yes. Oh, I'm Jeezy. No, no. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, Ali. I'm so sorry. Okay. You girl, you know I have abandonment issues. Don't do that to me. I'm just joking. All right, guys. I'm here. So, this was a very fun, informative, and a very um engaging human being uh, discussion that we had with Javon today. Um, Javon, we want to say thank you for coming and for sharing with us and for, you know, just agreeing to have the conversation because, you know, I just randomly hit you up. I was shocked you said yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Phil, so thank you for that. Um, yeah. And what we'll do, guys, is we, as usual, you know the shrimps, we're going to put Javon's information in the description box uh, so you can check him out. He's, we're gonna put the social media handle so i you know he's on twitter are you on ig bro um all in my weather page is on ig 
Well, you know, well, no. people can always learn about Rain. Yeah. I mean, they can reach out to me there for other things as well. Sure, Coolio. So, um, we will put his IG, his Twitter. Um, Beyonce. His what? Beyonce, the portfolio. <laughs> what? What? You know, first I've heard somebody call it that. I've always heard it like Beyonce. Yes, it always oh, yeah, Beyonce. I, I call it Beyonce because it's like Beyonce. I mean, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. we're going to put his Beyonce <laughs> in the description box as well. And as you know, you know where to hit me up. It's a girl, Ali. I, my, you know, I'm on Twitter. I'm on, no, please don't go looking for me on Instagram. Don't do that. Don't scare yourself. Um, <laughs> but I am on Twitter. I am on YouTube. You know where I am, but it, it will be in the description box as well. Y'all know Neek, our little internet doppy. She have social media angle. As you know, we're going to put them there too. Please don't expect her to see her tweet, 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 oh, but she's there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm just pulling her leg. But um, yeah, so all of her information will be in the description box below. And if it is that you want to hit um, Javon up for work as well, his contact information will be there. Now, um, with all of that being said, that is it for our episode and for the podcast today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And remember, it's human being and being is what we should strive for. God bless. Amen.